Goblin Cave contains strong language and potentially distressing content. Viewer discretion is advised. chaos before uh, we even started we've not started yet cool so let's let's start i guess that's gonna be actually where we start <laughs> that's the, that, that's the start that's now. the moment that's the start now that's the start just let's start now no uh hello and welcome to the goblin cave podcast Yay. i'm lauren hegarty and I'm joined by... Um, hi, I'm Jack McAdam. I am also a member of the Goblin Cave family. We're and, both here with... And I'm Sebra Manu, currently speaking over two people who uh, live in a different uh, city than I do, because COVID. Because COVID, and oh, because... Oh, this has been filmed um, in COVID conditions. <laughs> because Sebra's far more talented than either of us. Um, and lives in London to fulfil his dreams. I mean, anybody can move to London. I don't. I don't necessarily think moving to London <laughs> immediately defines a human being as being talented. Enough. If anything, moving to London is a, a distinct lack of talent because you're like, oh, oh, you moved to all the way down to London. Okay, <gasps> enjoy being poor. Enjoy not being able to Surely afford that's things. Just anyone under the age of like thirty-five <laughs> living in. Uh, Nope, not going to go into politics this early into yeah. the podcast. Um, <laughs> hi, as you Hello, can tell, guys. this is uh, majorly unscripted because we like to be as realistic as, <laughs> as we can, which is just pure unbridled chaos. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of ums and ahs, and uh, please pray for my two uh, co-hosts as I've just created uh, not many, just a, a couple of questions uh, and neither of them know the questions, except Starters for Jack, who's decided to look at my laptop just as I said that. To See, be honest, I, you... I can't do that because it's <laughs> not here. From the list of questions, uh, that's a lot we can discuss. They're nice questions. Yes, they're, they're, they are very good questions. Yeah, it's it's just Addictive. articulate the uh, <laughs> articulating them into a proper dialogue. Mm. dialogue. So. Trialogue. Three people. Try, try, <laughs> try, try. Is that a thing? Is it is now. If that's a thing. Like, comment, and subscribe if that's a thing. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. Like, comment, subscribe. That's, that's Don't forget to hit that red light button. No, hit the red, um, red light. Red light. <laughs> not the red light. No, no, no. no. Um, we, <laughs> we've not even started and we're so far Hello, off my job topic. is derailing. So, so, um, I'm, I'm so sorry, dear listener. Um, this is our first ever episode, as you can no doubt tell from the absolute ridiculousness that is currently being recorded. Um, 
what we were hoping was this podcast is going to be something really fun. Um, it's going to be very much fantasy based. I personally wanted to create something that would open a really big dialogue around fantasy because I think that it gets quite a bad rep sometimes. Um, and uh, these two amazing, wonderful people that I love more than life itself uh, basically just yes and did me and then created a whole host of other stuff that I was never clever enough to come up with. So it's it's going to be really good. I hope. <laughs> yeah, it will be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fine. Just going to have a chill... Fine. We're gonna have a chill little discussion about fantasy stuffs, the goods, the bads, the ins, the outs. So I figured we'd we'd kind of go into this one a little bit easier. Um basically I thought what would be super fun is an introduction to us and our introductions and thoughts about fantasy mm. in all different types of media. So Basically, my first question was, what was your first fantasy, like, memory? What was the first thing that you kind of inhaled as a child that took you down this uh, path of fantastical beasts? <laughs> and where to find them? And, oh, no. Hey. <laughs> no. Uh, not, not that one. That one's We don't banned. bring up cash yeah. grabs. We don't bring Spoiler up, alert. Uh, we don't bring it, up that. It wasn't Harry Potter. <laughs> no, we do not. Um, I I have an idea if I shall go first. Go on. Do you have an idea? You take yeah. the floor. Okay. <laughs> um. So the first first sort of memory of science, uh, not science fiction, uh, fantasy. <laughs> it's because what I'm going to say is science fantasy, and I know both of you will be go know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. It's the behemoth of a franchise that is Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it's one of those vivid memories of visiting relatives' houses where there's always that specific thing that you remember doing or you remember watching or something that was always on screen. Mm. And it was always, um, when growing up, we had um, a copy of Return of the Jedi, but it was a VHS recording of one of the TV runs. So, <laughs> one of those, yeah. one of those illegal runs. It was like on Sky Movies and like. Oh yeah, I have, I have one of those, but it's, I have one of those, but it's for Chicken Run, and it very specifically cuts <laughs> out right in the middle for a commercial for I think Ice Age that was just recorded over. No, it's like a Thanksgiving advert of something, and then it goes back into Chicken Run. Is the weirdest fucking thing. Anyway, yeah, c- continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. At home, we had a. Um, a VHS copy of Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And I always remember distinctly, whenever I visited my uncle's house, they always had the proper copy. So it had the full artwork on the VHS box, all this, that, and the other. And there was us at home that was just a tape with a bit of writing on the label (laughs) on the side of it. But to this day as well, Return of the Jedi being my favourite Star Wars film... I always vividly remember always wanting to watch it and wanting to um, just re-experience the film again and again and again. And it did sort of help that, I suppose, all of us, I know you didn't watch Star Wars growing up, but I assume Seb will agree with me. You didn't have to call me out this early on the podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, um, 
growing up in peak prequel era, hmm. it Ugh. meant that we were fully engrossed in Star Wars Manius, I suppose, at that point. Because we were at the age where we didn't really care as much about the stories. It's only gr- growing up and mm. seeing them for what they are that we know how flawed the actual stories are. Yeah, but the spectacle... Still love them. Yeah, we still love them. Mm. But the spectacle back then, it always it was, it drew me in sort of the idea of uh, that the Force is this mystical energy, obviously, and a, um, an allegory for magic in the universe. And mm. the, the Knights, the Jedi... And like the sort of the evil sorcerers and sages hellbent on destruction, the warlocks being the, the Sith. Yeah. So I know it's not true fantasy, but the elements of it that were there drew me into that sort of domain of mm-hmm. wanting to experience more and more of these fantastical ideas, both books, gaming, film stories, you name it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's sort of where mine began at the very least very distinctly hmm. you see for me for me it's quite difficult to sort of to pin it down like for the longest time i never really considered myself a fantasy fan which i know it's weird now sitting down here and being like well, i want to start a fantasy uh, <laughs> podcast thing we're uh, in the middle of like three D and D campaigns. Yeah, <laughs> God, all D&D we do is quote cool fantasy games, yeah. like fantasy films at one another. It's it, it's a it's a time, and it's 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 something that's only occurred to me really recently. Like uh, for for instance, and this is going to set a few people off. I know that it, it definitely sets my uh, my housemate off. I only watched Lord of the Rings when I was eighteen. That was when I first watched Lord of the Rings. Because I just had no interest in them whatsoever. Um, not not out of like anything malicious. I think I was just like a, I was one of those kids who didn't like popular things because I asso- I associated popular things with like mean kids on the playground who all play football. Uh, so I did in a weird sort so you're of. You were a hipster. <laughs> I was a hipster growing up. It's really really pathetic. Um, but it it I th- I think I. I conned myself out of a entire community of people who could have accepted me by being like, "Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to 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 get involved with that." Um, but I think, I think going back to like what what would have been my first introduction, I think it's honestly, and I know, but it it's probably Harry Potter. Um. Probably, I think it was in like year one or year two. Uh, my my teacher saying, "Seb, you have to read something for a book report." And me being a shitty little kid who hates to read, I still don't read very much now. I looked at the bookshelf and said, "Oh, um, mm, I'll pick this one," and it was Philosopher's Stone. And I remember that's a like hefty book for such a young child. I mean, to be fair, it's like looking back, it's only like 114 pages, so like it's it's not bad. And I was I was quite uh, an advanced reader for for my age. I just would be reading nonfiction books like horrible history books, or even just reading out of an encyclopedia. So for me, it, it wasn't a case of like it being too advanced or anything, but. It was just that it, it, it was just like a fluke of just oh I knew that my sister was into them, um, so I decided oh I'll 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 read this book and really really enjoyed it 
Ended up then reading the second book many times. That ended up being my favorite one. And I think, yeah, that... And the weirdest thing is that I never really associated Harry Potter with a wider branch of fantasy. I never associated... When I finally watched Star Wars, I watched Star Wars when I think I was eight or nine. Um, after, like, kids on the playground just couldn't stop talking about it. And I was like, okay, okay. I, I, I can see I've missed something. I'm going to go and look into this and then got really into Star Wars. But again, I never associated that with fantasy. There was always, like, this divide that I, 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 I feel like growing up, I just avoided fantasy, st- stuck with sci-fi stuff. I, I decided at one point I was into sci-fi stuff, not realizing, of course, Star Wars is a science fantasy thing. <laughs> Um, I'm being very adamant. I didn't like fantasy. I'm, I'm not about fantasy. W- witches and wizards and stuff. Uh, only Harry Potter and then nothing else. Um, and yeah, it's it, it was kind of defining. But then now here we are, three yeah. D campaigns in. Oh. Yeah, that's that's my spiel. What about you, Lauren? What was oh, your cramps. introduction? You can't um, just ask us these questions and not accept, expect them back. That's not how this fucking works. I've made a mistake. Um, well, because I think mine was... I I was reading books very young, and my mum used to read me books, and one of the ones that she used to be- read me was... Um, oh, it feels so childish to say, but of course it was, because I was a child. Uh, the Magic Faraway Tree by Enid Blyton. Hmm. So I loved The Famous Five, mm-hmm. which was fiction, <clears throat> but not fantasy. But then the magic faraway tree was these kids could go to a tree and climb up it and there were these amazing, ridiculous wee characters there like Silky the Fairy and um, Mr. What's-His-Face and... What? Why am I now only 24 years old understanding that the magic faraway tree is just the world tree? Uh Uh-huh. That's why there's different lands at the top of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every nice. time you climb it, there would be different lands. And one of the things that, of course, because um, food, I guess, one of the things that I always wanted to try was there were these like biscuits mm. that you could bite them and then it would feel like it was expanding in your mouth to the point that it felt like it was going to pop and then warm honey would fill your mouth. Mm. And they sounded amazing. And also I wanted to go on the slide down down the Magic Faraway Tree. Um, well, you've been on Nemesis, it's fine. <laughs> nah, it's it's basically the same. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much the same thing. You know, Alton Towers, Magic Faraway Tree. Enid Blyton knew what she was doing. Um, but it was that kind of like child. So like that. Um, I used to read like um, just ridiculousness, really, like the Spiderwick Chronicles and um. The Snow Spider trilogy was another big one. And then I think the point where I realised that I was into fantasy was uh, Merlin 2009. <laughs> ah, oh, Merlin. That is a callback. Right? I, I, I completely avoided the Merlin train. Like, I, again, I, I only first watched uh, an episode of Merlin when I was at university. And I was shown it by, by my then-girlfriend. Um, and I was just like, wow, production quality on this one is, uh... Oh, 10 out of 10. Look at those graphics. (laughs) Look at those graphics. It was Um, But it was, because the thing is, as well, is that I 
at one point iTunes did the 12 days of Christmas and you could get one thing free every day on iTunes and one of the things was the first episode of Merlin so I know the first episode of Merlin word for word because I watched it and watched it and watched it and genuinely as a podcast episode uh, what? It's just you reciting the first <laughs> episode of Merlin. Future podcast episode is just a one-woman show as the first episode of Merlin. A dramatic retelling of a episode one telling. of Merlin from the BBC. <laughs> this is not the Goes Wrong show. Um, but it was that thing, and because I remember the curse where she was like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a son for a son, and then she just went Spoilers. off. Spoilers. This is the first episode, my guy. And then spoilers for a 2009 BBC show. But yeah, it was it was that kind of thing of like, I read a lot of fantasy and stuff, but then Merlin and also Stardust, they were two real big, heavy hitters. And of course, Harry Potter. I know. Please do not fund that author. Just don't, but... It was something that got me into fantasy. That's just you know. Well, I I, th- I think the the thing with Harry Potter is like as an entity, and I've had these conversations a lot with my housemate, is that that Harry Potter is just such a, a, a an entity. It's a thing. It's it's a major part of a lot of uh, our generation's childhood. Growing up, we grew up with Harry Potter. For a lot of people, like seeing harry grow up like every i i can't tell you how many um but that words like the, the, all of the words you'll have to bear with well. me my words they do come eventually um but i don't know any kid who didn't hope beyond hope when they turned 11 that they would get a letter from hogwarts i don't know any kid who doesn't at least know harry ron and hermione or Expelliarmus. Yeah. I don't know any kid growing up around our age who a part of their life wasn't somehow touched by Harry Potter, even in an annoyed way, in a like, oh, well, everybody likes Harry Potter, and I really don't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, it, so ubiquitous. It you is, ca- you and it can't get away on, from it. it. As you say, it just took on like a, a form of its own. It, it ceased being and i think as well that's something that's very good is that it's been reclaimed by fans Mm. there is a lot of um kind of au stuff that's out there and stuff that i now treat as canon i'm like yes 100 (laughs) percent. this is what happened um but like that's the thing with our generation as well is like i'm very sadly one of those people like i know what my harry potter house is but i do not know my blood type (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> that's the same with me I need to get that checked out like, yes. like comment and subscribe for Seb's blood type <laughs> but yeah like cause I'm I'm devastated to be a Gryffindor <laughs> I have tried repeatedly to not be a Gryffindor I'm proud to be a Hufflepuff fuck you <laughs> you are the most Slytherin Hufflepuff in the whole goddamn world. And then there's me, just the classic blue boy. You are just a blue boy. A nice blue. Yeah. Uh, no! Blue we said no, no, no politics. politics. Um, what politics? Is this a weird next. way of saying the word blue? <laughs> blue. Um, see, I was, I was strange for the most part. I missed... What do you mean was? <laughs> I missed... For the most part, I missed 
the beginning stages of the Harry Potter hype train. Mm. Oh, I was in reception. We were playing Quidditch mm. on the on the playground. Like, we were that sad. I shout out to yeah. Nathan, Kate, and Ben. I was. I watched the first three films, but I haven't read the first three books. Uh. It was only after watching the third film that I was like, right, yeah, I'll read through the rest of the books. Managed to get through them. I say managed. They were they were they were pretty good. Um, yeah, that's uh, strange. Yeah, um, but yeah, that sort of um, big time of their first sort of huge spotlight into the public eye with the films was very much. I was maybe a film late to it, so I only really started to enjoy yeah. them during Chamber of Secrets, which as a what, Eight nine year old child is terrifying. Oh, by the way, I think okay. Harry Potter managed to do something that not a lot of because it's teen fiction. It is like mm-hmm. it did something that not a lot of like YA fantasy does, where it managed to keep the hype train going. Yeah. Whereas, like things with like the Hunger Games and Divergent and Maze Runner, they all oh, like they Maze all had Runner. their moment and like exploded onto the screen. Yeah. They all fizzled out. Um, probably because it was a bit too dystopian and everyone was like, listen, life shit, we don't need to be told that it's going to get worse. Mm. Mm. Um, but Harry Potter just, it just exploded. And yeah. it did. It just, it became uncontrollable. I suppose to that, to that end, the dystopian feeling, um, I, as Harry Potter progressed, it obviously got considerably darker. Oh, God, didn't it? But the setting will have alleviated some of those fears. With it, was, it. it was Yeah, it's, it, it, it was, it's the it's, world. You recognise the world. You recognise Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah. You recognise Harry and Ron and Hermione. Mm-hmm. And even, even in the sixth book, in the sixth film, like, arguably the silliest of all of the fucking books until right until the end <laughs> where it's lit it yeah. is literally just a teen drama where it's like yeah. oh oh but does she love me oh but ron doesn't like me oh but oh she's been cursed <laughs> but who I cares can't go out with my friend sister <laughs> that was the thing I- it was like Yes, okay, this is this is like teens are that ridiculous. Yeah. I'm really sorry if you're a teenager listening to this. I'm not. I promise you you're that ridiculous. <laughs> Looking or, back on it, you'll thank us. You will. You'll agree. Um everybody does eventually. Because yeah. every every teen every teen is like an episode of New Girl of just like that real dumbass kind of love me, love me not, you're an arsehole, look at my butt, mm. wiggle wiggle. It's it's the bit where Jess and Nick are like, if you don't want to look at my face, Jess, then look at my ass, and then they start like wiggling their butts at one another, and it's a bit odd. Oh, um, this is this is absolute rubbish. (laughs) It's all in. Everything's in. (laughs) The train doesn't stop. (laughs) I agree with everything you just said, but I was going for a bit more on the top layer. For most people who won't look deeper into oh, the stories, you're both like layers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, everybody. Harry Potter, his... like ogres, has layers. I was going. I was more pointing towards that all of those extra or other books. They're all dystopian in the sense that they're dystopian futures. Yeah. That mm-hmm. everything's yet to come. But Harry Potter's expressly set in the nineties, sort of the past to us. So those that look back at it, it's like. Oh, even if this was real, it, it's all gone now. It's all been solved. There's no need to worry anymore. Mm. Whereas 
a dystopian future such as the likes of Divergent, Maze Runner, etc. Yeah. It's still that idea that, hey, this is fiction. Oh no, somebody could take <laughs> inspiration from this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this could be a future. No, no wooing on the uh, oh, no. podcast. Please and thank. I'm gonna railroad us slightly. I'm really sorry, guys. On to the second question, which was what was the f- which we've kind of slightly covered, but what was the fantasy media that shaped your view currently of fantasy? Mm. So, like for me. Um, I'm going to get this in now because it gives you guys time to think. I already know my answer for this one. Mm. (laughs) Mine, as you guys both know, uh, when you came in very hungover and just sat with me watching it, was Stardust. Yeah. That film, like watching it again recently, man, my view of magic and how magic should work. Mm. And like, that's... uh, Spoilers for Stardust if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't, pause this, go and watch it. It's incredible. Watch it. Like, comment, and subscribe what you thought about <laughs> Stardust. I actually hate you. <laughs> Imagine if there was a button where you could literally subscribe your feelings. I want to subscribe my feelings, actually. Can I get a subscription to Happy for a while? Oh, it's like that one Doctor uh, Who episode. <laughs> oh, God, that was, that was a weird... That was a dark gridlock, episode. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah. I hate all of the episodes where they go to New New York. They they always have uh, this like really creepy vibe to me. Like, I was terrified of the fucking... Um, the 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 one in the hospital with the cats the, with the cats and with all, all of the, the cats infected the plague victims yeah no yeah anyway yeah, sorry derailing us. hello Der- oh crumbs right stardust yes um there's a scene towards the end where <clears throat> one of the you think antagonists but then he's not particularly like the witch uses this voodoo doll and drops it in water and he drowns in midair of nothing. And it's incredible to watch. And I know for a fact that that just kind of shaped my view of fantasy and how, because I'm writing a fantasy book, it it shaped my view of how I want to write my fantasy book. I want to invoke those feelings of, holy shit, this is fucking cool to watch. Mm. So (laughs) like a, uh, a, is that a soft magic system where magic sort of has like less defined rules? Uh, sort of uh, everything's a little bit more loosey-goosey magic can kind of do almost anything yeah like I like that because I think if you're gonna have magic Mm. don't have it to have like hard parameters because then it's like well what's the point Mm. I would rather just not because that feels like a lot of effort to learn (laughs) to have very little I don't want to read in this book (laughs) (laughs) fucking no I God bless Jack as well for having to deal with me this. But I started watch. Well, I watched Shadow and Bone recently, and I'm not a fan. It's it's just I've, it's very I've not YA. It, no opinion. The dialogue was well. We, too, it was too cringy for the me. The thing is, is that it's not. We're not. It's oh, I know we're not the target, target audience. But also, they cast Ben Barnes in it. So yes, I wholly was its primary audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Their magic system in which only, like, if you're an Inferni, you can do fire magic if you're a tailor. But then if you're a tailor, you can, like, take away people's scars and blushes. You can change their faces. 
and it just it, it was I don't know their magic system confused me slightly but I would I far prefer the Stardust thing of like yes well in the heart of a star and that way we'll have more magic <laughs> like that's quite fun also the mirror scene in Stardust is incredible where she's got a back turn and just pushes her hands together and all the mirrors around them start to shatter <sighs> so good mm. I'm trying to think now what specifically would have shaped my experience or my view I I I have a couple if you need a little bit longer to think um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender definitely shaped yeah. a lot of my my fantasy. I think it's why I do prefer, as opposed to soft magic systems, hard magic systems, magic where like well, like in, like in my D and D campaign where magic has rules, magic has uh, limits, magic has only so much that you can do with it. It's not an unlimited source. It's not a sort of um, an untappable thing. Earthbenders can only ever bend when there is earth around. Firebenders can bend anywhere so long as you know they have heat in their bodies. Waterbenders can only bend with water. Airbenders can suck the life out of you because they're fucking terrifying and they became monks to give everybody else a chance. So scary. Um, and the only reason why they, why the earth, the air nomad nation gets genocide is because they have the comet and that's, that's canon. Because otherwise the air nomads are an unstoppable force. Anyway, diverting <laughs> off, uh, off a railroad. Um, bloodbending is cool, though. Bloodbending is really cool. Uh, but yeah, Avatar The Last Airbender definitely, definitely influenced a lot of me. Then also when I started to get into Warhammer, uh, specifically 40k, the 40k universe... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that that really influenced me a lot in terms of my appreciation of um, gothic and um, sort of sort of more grim dark stuff. That it, it's it's a yeah. very common grim dark setting, um, especially to sort of start out in. But it, it definitely definitely had a lot of influence. And of course, then you know the more I got into Star Wars, the more than that sort of shaped me, especially. I have very fun memories from from quite a young age, actually, of watching all of the behind the scenes stuff of Star Wars because I just want I wanted more Star Wars content. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, I think, had come out by this point, and they were saying that's it, no more Star Wars films. <coughs> and every I remember being on the playground and kids being like, "Oh, they're, they're going to make a Star Wars seven. Me being like, "Nah, they'll never do that." <laughs> and they did, and I wish they didn't, but that's by the by. Which one's Star Wars? Uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Ah. That's the one. Um, and it's, yeah. Yeah. My opinions on that are... That, my opinions on Star Wars that can be an entire fucking off. podcast. It really, it really certainly could. But yeah. getting back on track, um, ignoring the, go- the goblin energy. Um, mm. This is why we're called the Goblin Cave, by yes, the way. Because um, we, we scurry because around we the nearest shiny... Energy. We scurry around the nearest shiny <laughs> idea that we have, and we're like, ooh... Ignoring the pile of fucking ideas we have in the fucking corner. No, it's this one. This particular little this gold coin one. of an idea. Anyway. Um, oh, yes, that was what I was talking about. I had I have a very strong fondness for looking through the behind-the-scenes stuff for Star Wars, especially the Empire of Dreams documentary, where it talked a lot about uh, George Lucas's influences and how a lot of his influences were stuff like uh, Kurosawa films and... Um, the I forget the name of the book. I'd need to Google it, but um, 
the the specific book that he got the idea of the the main character archetypes the the hero story archetype mm-hmm. um yeah. i forget the name of the book but it's it's something like uh, many faces of whatever i'm sure somebody can like comment and subscribe to give me the uh, i'm <laughs> gonna operate into your room and just absolutely slaughter you wasn't even planned it, but yes please do like comment and subscribe give me the answer please um i'll google it after this but that's... i'll google it after this after i've spoken about yeah. it and the moment has passed but i think i think i i got into really into fantasy mechanically rather than i think reading uh a lot of mm. fantasy i got into the archetypes of fantasy i got into the the storytelling noticing it in different films that's the sort of stuff that really stuck with me um and then noticing it in stuff like shakespeare or what have you uh because i ended up yeah. becoming a theater nerd um, <laughs> didn't this, we all? this is another forewarning the three of us are massive theater nerds yeah um it's not good. It's not pretty. Um, it's plenty of podcast material. Yeah, it, is. it is. It's a whole host of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can be for I... the inevitable part 69. <laughs> hey. yes. Why? Why are you the way that you are? That's because I want to I get to 69 episodes. No reason. Yeah. No, no reason. No. no reason. Um, if you're watching this, hi, mum. Watching? <laughs> watching? <laughs> <laughs> listening to this while you're this is my voice on tv <laughs> for anybody who did did not recognize that, i'm sure somebody will have done but the um oh god it was like treehouse of horror like episode seven or something like that you and the treehouses of horror they're the best really Simpsons good. episodes. They are, they, are. Simpsons episodes. they are the best Simpsons episodes. The only other one that tops that is the one where Homer doesn't go to church and then the house gets set oh, on no. fire. No, Sideshow Bob episodes. Sideshow Bob. Those are the best episodes because I... it's got Kelsey Grammer in it. I fuck with Sideshow Bob. He is one of my favourite characters. <laughs> no, he is my favourite character. He's right. good. Um, I've got a couple. I do think I have a couple. Mm. Pretty sure I've got. For those of you that can't see, uh, because you're listening to this, Jack's face is so the face of a everyone. Liar. <laughs> well, you <Yeah>. can see, <laughs> except for our um, Patreon subscribers who get the videos for free. Um, they don't. You don't get. Obviously, yes. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Um, we've already touched one with um the well, we touched two really realistically with um. Star Wars and 40k the whole um, I suppose in both ways both of those sorts of um, fantasy especially magic systems they're very much give and take systems Mm. that everything you give out there's always a price to pay be it exerting just physical energy in terms of the force or there's a very literal chance your soul is ripped from your body in terms of 40k through the yeah. warp and the sort of possession of demons and that sort of idea. Um, a classic one is just obviously um, Lord of the Rings, where mm. there's there's mm. very little magic that we actually see. That's true. Which is, which is the strange thing. It's 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 behind bar. It's sort of behind um, closed doors, especially in. Gandalf the... is just tricking everyone. Yeah, He's pretty not much. actually a wizard. He just like <laughs> he just likes a rock me. and it's like weakest point and was like hark. The magic, sir. 
But like, in, especially in the original trilogy, they um, they it, it's not that they shy away from it. They they realize that the magic takes away from the rest of the world because magic in itself is such an interesting and it's very much the eye catching event of pretty much any scene it's in. Mm. And for example, the scene with the Balrog. If the Balrog wasn't so stunning, this huge like he demonic is. fire beast. The whole thing of Gandalf just being like, I smash bridge, you cannot pass. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> no. Everybody be like, oh my god, <laughs> everything would just still be on the Balrog. And I think that's sort of the, the storytelling, like you, like you mentioned, Seb, the storytelling of fantasy. It's very, uh, it's very um, central, especially to Lord of the Rings, over the action like Eve, every action sequence, every combat sequence or magic sequence in in the original trilogy of Lord of the Rings has a story point as opposed to glorified combat. Yeah. So, like, even the jest between Gimli and Legolas in Helm's Deep and uh, Pelennor Fields, it's never a haha. Or at least to me, it never comes across as a "haha, we're doing this just to see how many people we kill." It's very much a "this could be our last night together," or "this could be our last day fighting together." Mm. We are building our bonds of brotherhood so tight by protecting each other, protecting these people, and sort of saving people. And it comes across all the way through. So, uh. It, although it's overshadowed by the, by the Battle of Pelennor Fields, the um, the storming of the Black Gate, it's never combat for the sake of combat. If anything was going to be a combat for the sake of combat scene, it would be the Battle of the Black Gate. You'd have Gandalf twirling spells around, taking out the massive troll, just mm-hmm. blowing up the gate itself. But it never comes across as a, we're just here to fight. Yeah. The emotion... And the storytelling and the characterization of each of those specific characters is so fine-tuned and filled with emotion that it, you feel like you're about to lose them. You feel like that their, their quest is never to kill. It's to... It's to save. Yeah, it's to save. And mm-hmm. the story is always progressed by it. Like, you see... Granted, occasionally, I even I enjoy a wanton violent film that's just action for the sake of action. Yeah. And it's just to let out stress, let out steam, and sometimes you just want to see like somebody's head get blown up by um by whatever. But sort of that idea of storytelling sort of <clears throat> layered in through scenes of such heightened emotion fear rage anger and aggression it's it's very much um sort of shaped how i think that the story especially in fantasy wise the story needs to come first a lot more than the combat even when there is combat and i suppose it, it it's it's showing a lot through our D campaigns at the moment that mm. like the um the idea that unless there's a story goal or unless there's something that can help us progress what we need to do as characters, as an entire world, we've um, gradually been going away from 
oh, hey, this guy's not helping us. Let's kill him. Yeah. We've, we've become less murder hobo and we've more... We've moved away from the murder hobo situation, yeah. We're, we're becoming the more just hobo with our spending habits. <laughs> yeah. Um, Money. But yeah, my, my rant about Lord of the Rings <laughs> aside, that, that was obviously a big one. Mm. Um, very recently, obviously D and D. Looking through all the um, yeah. the rule books, the, the mm. campaign settings, uh, any of the expanded stuff. Um, very much, I do see as um, fancy now as like this story driven, high magic, lots of um, sorcerers and sort of powered beings. That even in a setting like they are, they're never deemed too powerful mm. there's always a chance that everybody can shine but it's never anybody shines too much to the point where they're unbelievable mm. I think kind of um, piggybacking piggybacking? piggybacking thank you Yeah, piggybacking. Uh, on that something that I love within fantasy that is a trope that you see time and time again is uh, idiot with magic so you have <laughs> Harry Potter, who's never seen past the end of his nose. No. Like, that <laughs> boy had no idea what was going on. There was, Truly. There was a, there was if a someone post hadn't I told found. him yeah, God. about Voldemort, him, he yeah. wouldn't have known. <laughs> who's Voldemort? Shh. Oh, God. Cool. I, okay, I'll, no, I'll not talk about it. Like there was, there was a Tumblr post that I, th- I think I sent to to our chat the other day, or one of one of us sent, mm. where it was just like, if um, all of these headcanons and meta stuff and homebrewed ideas about Hogwarts and the Harry Potter <laughs> world, they could all easily be canon. Because let's let's face it, Harry Potter is the most unobservant boy in the universe. The boy didn't even notice he was a fucking wizard. Like he, he like chatted to snakes and was like, "This is fine." He talked to yeah. snake. He talked to a snake. It was just like, "Can't all like ten year old kids do that?" Who really hate their cousins? Like, really? Mm. No. Okay, oh, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yes, like, relative <laughs> hatred. <laughs> it brings out the magic in us. Oh um, boy! Oh boy! But like, Harry is not the only one. Oh no! Because also, Gandalf. Gandalf. Absolutely, moron. Ooh, why, why, why Gandalf Moron? I feel like this is going to rustle Jimmy's. Why Gandalf Moron? <laughs> Gandalf Moron, because he looked, he looked at the words "speak friend" and "enter" and didn't think to say "friend" and "elvish." That's why Gandalf Moron. Gandalf Moron, because he turned around to hobbits who had never left their homes and went, "Hey, you guys want to take a ring to a fucking volcano?" Like, dude, please, they're like two. Leave them alone. Well, they're not two. They're like forty-ish, aren't they? I they just, they yeah, just, they just forty. Because of <laughs> it's, how it's Frodo sixty. Hmm? Sorry, it's Frodo sixty. Yeah, Frodo's uh, like sixty-ish. I, I think. At the, yeah. at the time of the journey to Mordor, yeah, he's about sixty. I'm sure it's like that. Although it's Bilbo's never eleven. Yeah, but he's only that old because he has the ring. Yeah, yeah, but I, I suppose it's not as expressly shown in. Um, the Peter Jackson trilogy of the gigantic time skip between oh, Bilbo leaving the ring skip. with Frodo to mm-hmm. Frodo and company uh, leaving the Shire on their quest. Yeah, it's about twenty years, isn't it? 
It's longer. It's like fifty Look, or so. It's a long time between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. And that's that's what that's why say... Gandalf being like, "You haven't aged a day," is 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 actually a really important line because that's the moment where he realizes something fucky going on because you should be dead by now. He fully like looked at this man who didn't age a day and was like, "Is it skin care? Is it a cursed ring?" Hmm. Only time will tell. I like this is not to say I don't love Gandalf. I adore him. I think he's a phenomenally written character. Hmm. Um, He just falls into that thing of magic beings who are morons, such as Hmm. you know uh, Percy Jackson. I know. Yeah, I know that there's a reason though. I know that there's a reason for why that specific speak friend and enter thing doesn't happen. And my housemates explained this to me, and I completely (laughs) forgotten it. (laughs) But there is a speci- there's a specific reason. There's a, there's a thing. There's the, I don't know. Maybe it's just he, he overthought it. Who knows? Yeah, probably. It was probably like a D and D campaign of like this feels too easy. <laughs> these these fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is like idiocy within fantasy games just makes complete sense because almost every like. Again, th- just, this is literally just because I watched it very recently. Spoilers for Shadow and Bone. If you couldn't already tell, Ben Oof. Barnes plays the bad guy because he looks like a bad guy. <laughs> and Alina. And he's British. God bless all the only, British. Only oh, British people change. can be bad people. <laughs> only British people, can, to be fair. In in American uh, produced... In history. In Amer- well, <laughs> these, these oh. white men are dangerous. <laughs> yeah. It's true. true. It's very life. true. Um, but yeah, like Alina, God bless her soul, found out that she was a some su- sun summoner, which can't say it without thinking of Chim Chimmery because it just works. It's just me thinking of the little sum sums from Disney. Sum sum. <laughs> um, she like goes around, like starts to like get it on with this really tall, dark, handsome man, and then his ma turns around and was like, "Hey." You know he's a bad guy, right? And she was like, what? No, you mean the man that summons darkness is a bad guy? You mean the man who summoned a demon into my hometown is a bad person? I just thought he had a hobby. Like, darling, it just, it's in every single. It is a trope, I think, that we don't talk about enough, is that if there is magic in the world, there is a moron wielding it somewhere. Mm. Edmund Pevensey is a moron, even though he doesn't wield magic. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big moron. And then there are others that my brain can't currently reach. Like Mm. in Inkheart, Dustfinger. I love Dustfinger. He's one of my favourite characters. I think he's phenomenal. I think Inkheart is a brilliant series of books. Dustfinger is like, oh, you won't read me back into the book? I know. I'll go to Capricorn. (laughs) I'll go to the bad guy that I know is a bad guy. And I'll ask him for help. And he can kidnap you and your daughter. And it's like, oh, please, okay. Dustfinger, why? Desperation. Bad, bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. Bad mistakes. I, I genuinely can't say anything with the way that I play my characters. But, God. I, I think we've all played at least one, one person who just sort of, and like again, it's it, it's it's a trope, but it also falls into the it, it's a part of the hero's journey. The sort of like the um, the the 
Oh, what what is it? It's like the the character who doesn't know how the world works, so they serve as like a touchstone for the audience who also don't know how the world works. So it's like yeah. somebody yeah. to explain the world to. Like that trope I really enjoy. And I I know it annoys some people because it's it's, it's sometimes very heavy handed and it's very poorly uh-huh. done, but like it's 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 useful. It's 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 a nice little it's a nice little creative device. Um, it is. And it it also gives that really nice kind of um, stress where hmm. the hero suddenly realizes, "Oh God, this person I thought I could trust more than anyone, I can't." You I've don't think wrong, A.A. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's one of those. It, it's it's a phenomenal device, but it, it I do think Harry gets unfairly kind of put upon because there's one in every book oh absolutely oh, there's always harry's a harry. just harry's just like at the the furthest end of the scale of like oh hermione's a girl oh yeah cool i like your pink dress even though it wasn't pink in the book it wasn't pink in the book but then also, you know, is that not all teenage boys who <laughs> who like at eleven go to go to Honestly. a mixed school and like have a female friend, and then suddenly around about fourteen, fifteen, they're like, "Wait, women? What women. if women? Like, oh, you, again?" And that's that's going back to Harry Potter. There's a lot of talk about Harry Potter in this. Like, I know. That's, I'm that's, really yeah. sorry. That's 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 that's, that's why. <laughs> Growing up, it's a really nice book to read when you're growing up as a kid because you're just like, oh, I do that. There's a lot of there's a lot of recognizing yourself in a lot of the characters mm. that that are yeah. written, yeah. whether or not you know they're written by a terrible human being with terrible opinions and views, is neither here nor there. It is very because you can. There, but there's there's amazing on Ao3 like Au stuff that just mm. makes makes the other stuff better. But it is that thing of like girls don't exist until the age of fourteen, you know. It's true. <laughs> you oh. know, uh, as a woman, I I popped into existence at the age of fourteen. That's that's it's that's how they that's how they happen. It's an incredible feat of nature. It's, it is. It's, we just it's we just pop magic. <laughs> Every time we keep saying magic, it, that genuinely is the only thing I can think of. Is Mr. Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean is the most amazing influence <laughs> for me for fantasy. Mr. Bean started Mr. my love Bean. of fantasy. Uh, Mr. And Bean Teddy. is a, no, Mr. Mr. Bean and <laughs> Teddy are Teddy. M- <laughs> mythical characters, though, because I, I, I refuse to believe that a man with that amount of bad but good luck can just like wander about in his little fucking yugo or whatever it is the car he has and it's you called know, a mini you a mini you oh <laughs> fucking i don't know Except cars british. British. There's not british there's not knowing cars and then there's not knowing a british icon of a vehicle Oh, it's the, the little fucking car, the little yellow car. It's not only Mr. Bean. You've got the Italian job with Michael Caine saying, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. You know, you've got him. Michael Caine is my favourite um, uh, fantasy actor. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> He's incredible that's in the Muppets. <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's the end of the podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. We're never doing another episode. That's it. Um, <laughs> but again, I'm going to railroad us again. I'm really Wait. sorry. Um, <laughs> we jumped off a cliff. That's just like the end of the Italian job, guys. Hey, that was the Italian job. 
the the best fantasy score. What, in your opinion, is the best fantasy score? Oh, that's me. Honestly, I'm. I have like two. I have two films that I think have got the most phenomenal scores. Is one of them Harry Potter? It is. One of them is. Um, <laughs> the Are they both John Williams scores? Hmm. Well, oh, no. oh. well, this this is the thing because they kept changing the uh, the uh, the sound design for the Harry Potter films. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. when it changes directors, the directors always bring in a new um, scorist, 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 composer. composer. That's the word. <laughs> scorist. That's a, that's a thing, isn't it? But yeah, because they keep changing, they keep changing it. So I'm, 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 yeah. I hesitate to say that Harry Potter has the best one because it's not consistent. While it's good, but they oh, keep no, changing. It's, it's specifically the Goblet of Fire. Okay. It oh, is yeah, specifically yeah, yeah. Um, where they are. It's the bit where they go into Hogsmeade, and I know them. Like I can hear the music in my head, and I'm not. I'm not about to like sing it out loud for the internet to hear, but that and then also the your ball, I just yeah. I love it. I mm. think it's phenomenal. And then the other one is Hal's Moving Castle. Oh my oh, god, that oh, fantasy yeah. score is beautiful. And that's I a, love Hal one. Pendragon. I love them with all of my heart. Yeah, they're just absolutely. Icon. Incredible. Icon. Icon. Mm. It's just where he's like, well, I'm no longer beautiful, so now I will melt into nothing. <laughs> but do you do that you on, just the, on the daily? Your hair color. <laughs> Literally, it's like, cool. Yeah. You're oh, now a brunette, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> that, um, that is the reaction to becoming a brunette, though. You're just like, well, I'm just going just gonna to talk oh, myself. Yeah. That, that's it. I'm sorry. That's how we three as brunettes. Yeah, yeah. The, the three of us being latr- naturally dark-haired. Laterally. La- laterally dark-haired. Yeah. Laterally yeah. dark-haired with the scorers. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Um, Today's word this is going to be on the, the internet. Word. This is going to be on Forever. the internet. Wow. Forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> consistently, mm. I'd say John Williams doing the Star Wars soundtrack Yeah. is uh, there are certain things. As much as I do think Attack of the Clones is the worst of the prequels, it's got some banging music though. But I, I know it's going to sound proper cheesy and everything, but the theme for Padme and Anakin is a top-notch oh, piece of music. Across the Stars is one of the best love themes, actually, just described, described, yeah. designed. That's the one. Words, because yeah. <laughs> it, it has, although. It's because of the points in the film where, specifically, I'm thinking the um, arena on Geonosis. Mm. It has the the points the points where um, the, the big bass drum comes and um, more of the deeper tones start to come through. But it always shifts back to the lighter, mm. um, the lighter, more ethereal. It's probably it's probably the best way to describe yeah. it in a sense. I've, I have very um, fond memories of that soundtrack because. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad gave me when I was like nine, ten, maybe. Gave me his uh, his iPod Classic, 
yeah. but the, the, one of the first ones where you could actually choose the music it wasn't like an mp3 player and back then yeah. that nice. was a massive fucking thing everybody was like whoa oh. you could like choose your own uh, music there whoa whoa dude whoa dude I can't afford this place. <laughs> That's every <laughs> everyone oh, under millennials age of be like, in the UK. Wow. Uh, but wow, relatable. I, window tax. I, I Is this the Georgian era? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, window tax. Uh, but very specifically, I remember on this iPod Classic there being just. Well, there were the uh, songs on it, obviously, but in terms of just yeah. Star Wars, it just had the Attack of the Clones soundtrack. I think it was because it was the most recent one that had come out, so my dad downloaded yeah. it totally legally. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, and put it on there. And I just remember, and this is a very specific memory, um, constantly going through. Uh, specifically the Geonosis battle music, and just imagining my own Star Wars battles in my head, of <laughs> of like use, using that as like a backdrop to it, and sort of like oh yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, and I think I think that's where a lot of a lot of my fun of you know creating imaginary worlds came from, of like mm-hmm. running around with my iPod Classic playing, uh, pretending to be in this in this fantasy other world. Um, that's very cute it's, 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 it's very that. adorable um, but <clears throat> for me as a kind of like what's what's the best fantasy score I would probably also say Star Wars but having now listened to Lord of the Rings to be f- to be fair Lord of the Rings yeah, is Howard a Sh- fantastic one Howard Shaw Howard I Shaw. was so surprised that you didn't say concerning hobbits. Oh no, I was I was going to move on yeah. to that. Yeah, oh, concerning this is, hobbits. This is the only piece of music that will make Jack cry. Oh, it's just beautiful. The tin yeah. whistle in concerning hobbits makes me feel emotions. He genuinely mm. wells up. There's also, as much as I love the entire soundtrack, concerning hobbits and, um, the charge of the Rohirrim, in Return mm. of the King. The I do goosebumps just look, I get seeing that scene. I love, that, I love that the, scene. Orc, I'm just the like, orc music. The orc music just, just slaps. Yeah. Just hits different. I think it's just... I know it's because it's... Um, they just reused um, the theme for Rohan in The mm-hmm. Charge of the Rohirrim. I think it's just the Rohan music that gets me as well. Mm. There's something about um, just the way it... The way it hits. It hits different. <laughs> Ugh, just hits the vibes. The vibes are just yeah. the vibes. I've got Beers a bit of a with weird the boys one. A charge of the <laughs> Yes, me and the boys rocking Summer for the charge. Summer 2021 vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I have got a bit of a weird one, and I know oh, you hate the film because it's so cheesy. What? Um, 1991, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Kevin I Costner. I hate it. No. Shout, actually. That's 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 yeah. got some good music in it. For listeners who haven't seen it, although oh, I expect they'll have seen Please the do. very specific... Watch it, it's great. It's got Alan Rickman in say, threatening <sighs> to carve Kevin Costner's heart out with a spoon. A top like, notch. Don't we all want to? Top it's, notch. It's worth it for Alan Rickman and for Kevin Costner clearly phoning it in in every fucking scene. That oh, he's yeah. He has <laughs> he given up completely for the entirety of that movie. He's just like, yeah. wow, they're going to start executing people. 
That's horrible. Like, it okay, has the Captain. same. It has the same energy as that um, horror film where it's like they're eating her. Trolls and too. They're gonna, and they're gonna eat me. <laughs> it has like similar vibes. Yeah, it's, it's still it's that time sort of um, peak peak Christian Slater era as oh, well. Early nineties. Christian Slater um, in that film is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just, he's just an uncomfortable he actor. Is. Like perfectly cast as Jason Dean in Heathers, and then from that oh, point yeah. on, everybody was just like, "Oh, well, so that's that's okay. That's 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 Edgy right. Dean. That's, right. that's okay. what you did. Yeah, you were talking about chaos, killing the dinosaurs, darling, and killing high schoolers. But that's it. That's that's mm-hmm. that's range. Cool. That's range, baby. Yeah. That's range, baby. Yeah. Um. But specifically, there's the, the very. It's in the opening credits when it's going through oh, crumbs, the equivalent. Oh, music. Yeah, I'm so sorry. The equivalent <laughs> of their hashing up of the bio tapestry, uh, just oh, telling yeah. Robin Hood's tale instead of um, you know the Battle of Hastings, etc. Um, the music over that, if you haven't heard it from Prince of Thieves, mm. you may have heard it from the classic Disney advert of Disney DVD. Bring your, ho- br- br- bring your favorite classics home with you on Disney DVD. It's the, <laughs> the brilliant music that's behind that. Oh, <laughs> I know DVD. which one you, you mean. You know exactly what I mean. Yeah. And it's great. Oh, but it's oh, just I the fact it's, it's Prince of Thieves, but Disney thought, yes, we're going to use Robin Hood's <laughs> music to, oh, to, to advertise Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, and other priceless classics of our animated age. That's actually, that's actually that. a good point. No, um, it, yeah. just, just going back to like fantasy influences, just Disney, just Disney in general. Just Disney. Just Disney. Because, yeah. like, Disney I, honestly, yeah. One. Disney and Shrek. Shrek. Like, Shrek. I know that sounds super dumb. Okay, I'm changing my answer. Shrek. Best fantasy, best fantasy soundtrack. Shrek, all, all, all of them, all. just all of the Shrek, all Shrek, Shrek. including the musical. <laughs> yes, oh, Shrek the musical is a banger. Right, I'm really sorry, listeners. Super quick, who I'd be from Shrek the musical has no, has right, no right on God's mm-hmm. green earth to be as phenomenal as it is. Mm. Into the skies I throw it, the stars would do the telling, the moon would help us spelling, and night would dot the eyes. They were like, we're gonna take Ass a story about an ogre <laughs> and then write this phenomenal song. They almost went as hard as Phil Collins on Tarzan. No one went as hard as Phil Lit- Collins on Lit- Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> Disney turned around to Phil Collins and said, "Oh yeah, Phil, we 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 just we we, we just need we just need like um, a nice little nice little ditty for our um, for our Tarzan thing." And Phil Collins just went, "Oh man, I'm gonna give you so much shit. You're gonna be fucking oh, they'll make a musical with this one. I'll tell you that for free." It was like it's the same as like Prince of Egypt, where it's like, oh. "Yeah, so we're gonna retell the story of Moses," and he was like. Interesting. So what I'm hearing Stephen is Schwartz was just the like, most heart-wrenching skull you've ever heard. Mm. I'm gonna make it brilliant. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, there was another. There was another one. Oh, oh, I just had it in my head, and then we talked about Phil Collins, and I got excited. <laughs> what, uh, music scores or Disney? Uh, uh, We've gone uh, so far uh, off Disney, oh, Disney, Disney scores specifically. Um, yeah. and it was, well, carry on, it'll come back to me. Atlantis, Treasure Planet. 
Um, well, fuck, oh, fucking Treasure Planet. That underrated Treasure film. Planet. If you've not watched Treasure Planet, please go and watch it because it deserves <laughs> to be watched. If you've not um, seen Muppet Treasure Planet, also that. watch that because Tim Curry in that film <laughs> has one song. <laughs> it's the best good goddamn song. He, it is his only number. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, it's good. He milks that performance for everything it's oh, worth, and it's does. incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal. But the, uh, another one, sorry, Tim Curry, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Another amazing, like, sci-fi fantasy yeah. musical. Mm. Because that is exactly what it is. For all of its insanity, it it is just a sci-fi. Yeah. Well, yeah. science fiction, <laughs> science fiction theater. double feature. Oh, I yeah. got it. I remembered Go what on. I was going to say. It's only made of stone from the oh! Huntback Notre Dame musical. And I remember musical. seeing a TikTok about this, about like somebody walking in and be like, "Oh, so you just you you're, you're recording the music." And it's like the record, the recording of and they made of stone. And it's like, wow, you you got this entire song from just one line that a what gargoyle that? says in the movie. <laughs> the, wow, like, one of the most annoying characters <laughs> says, "Oh, we're only that made of stone." Song is so good. We just thought that you were made of something stronger. Like, because I do remember like watching watching that as a kid and like seeing, uh, seeing hearing the gargoyles say that and being like, "Wow, that that's a really good line for for this film." Wow, that's really cool. And then hearing it in the musical and being like, <gasps> "They said oh, the thing." It is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but we have done that thing again. What? Where we've gone completely gone right we've off script. We've just keylifted off a cliff. <laughs> I've, I, I'll bring it back, actually. Go oh, on. Good. Heading away from films. Okay. The Skyrim soundtrack. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, Dover Skyrim has a good soundtrack. Scound, yeah. And then there is the classic gaming uh, icon of a piece of music that is um, One Winged Angel. Oh, from Final Fantasy VII. Well, Final Fantasy has just always had amazing, iconic music. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's embedded itself into gaming culture as being incredibly diverse with its range yeah. of music, with its um, soaring scores, really quiet moments like uh, Eris's death theme. Oh, spoilers if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you haven't played this 20-year-old okay. PS1 game, yeah. Came out when I was born. Uh, um, yeah, some, something, some shit happens to Eris, and uh, let's yeah. just say that uh, you can't use a phoenix down to revive her. <laughs> they are unalived. Yes. Unalived. Um, but it's, I suppose it's one of those. If we're going to gaming, the best soundtracks usually are those that are predominantly the seminal single-player experience. So like you say, The Witcher mm-hmm. has got a great soundtrack because it needs it, because you're going through story moments. Um, Final Fantasy, obviously, all of them are just incredible single-player games, apart from number, uh, is it Final Fantasy fourteen? that's the online one? Yeah, that's the one that's yeah. online, which apparently is quite good. I've heard it's quite good. It- yeah, uh, it wasn't when it's um, thingy, but they literally rebuilt the world. Well, and they do, made we, it good. They do that a lot with MMORPGs, yeah. though. Yeah. Like I remember when the Star Wars MMO came out, and yeah. it it was trash, and I was so excited for it. <laughs> I had I had I had asked my parents for it for Christmas. 
because this is you know back before it was uh uh subscription service uh yeah. free to play sort of situation yeah uh, it was uh, 2011 <laughs> it came out wasn't it yeah oh 2011 God, 10 years yeah uh, and my god, it's changed in the 10 years that it's been out. And it, it happens a lot with MMORPGs, because all of them have tried, obviously, to copy uh, World of Warcraft. And yeah. some of them are way more successful than others, like... Um, I'm trying to think of one that was successful. Um, to, to be honest, Old Republic now is... The fact it's still going <laughs> means yeah. it has a, a, a great measure of success, especially with, I think... That is down to the way they change the format that you can choose your yeah. companion's roles, making it a lot easier for a player to get through the story, which was the mm-hmm. big stopping point for most things. Um, yeah. ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, is another relatively successful yeah. one. They're still bringing out expansions. Um, mm. Let's not go about the other um, Bethesda online game. We'll, we'll leave that off the chart. Um, <laughs> yeah. The fallout from that one was bad. Ooh. <laughs> so I don't play Humor. video games, dear listener. Um, however, I can tell by pointed tones what that was supposed to mean. It was not good. Mm. Um, I, can, I, can, <clears throat> it, I tell you what, although it's not fantasy, mm-hmm. a great video game soundtrack, I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, 2016, Doom. Yes, yes. Doom Doom has always just had really good music because yeah. it, it had just a, a lot of really good metal metal music. Yeah, they, that was actually just, a lot of my introduction to metal music was just hearing uh, some of the original Doom music uh, playing yeah. through the first Doom and just being like, oh, I like this music. It's grungy. Okay, cool. And then it, actually getting into other metal music yeah. once I sp- finally got like a Spotify account. And yeah. Like, oh. They just went hard for making both soundtracks of both Doom and Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. Like they went hard. Yeah. Well, because so as I said, I'm not a video game player. However, one game that I have played is Undertale, oh. which is fantasy. The music in that, like, mm-hmm. one became so ingrained into like our, because like not millennial, not Gen Z, that kind of. Where we sit very uncomfortably, generation ninety five to two thousand. We're just like yeah, (laughs) the generation we don't have a name for, but we don't want to be Zoomers or Millennials. Yeah, Yeah. just kind of um, betwixters, I guess. Betwixters, Um, twixters, betwixters. Start start hashtag twixters. Like, comment, and subscribe. No, (sighs) but that. That music, particularly, as you know, poor Jack has to deal, if I'm having one of the times where I'm trying to write, I will listen to Megalovania on repeat, full blast, in my headphones for, like, an hour. The problem is, you showed me the edited version of Jack Black on the, um, the Jimmy Fallon show when he's got the saxophone. One, two, three, one, two, three, three motherfuckers! motherfuckers. So they, they added, edited over the actual saxophone sound with Megalovania. It's so good. I'm just like, oh my god, why? Why have they done this? Toby Fox but- is an amazingly talented man for having like done all of the shit that he did for fucking, um, for Undertale. Yeah, like because the, the music is just unbelievable, mm-hmm. and then the storyline is is great, and the characters, mm-hmm. and I just adore Papyrus and Sans. Mm-hmm. I love okay. them. I mean, also, They're also- my sons. Uh, indie shout out again to Stardew Valley 
uh, uh, so yes. again having an amazing soundtrack, which is like if, if ever if ever one needs to relax and calm down, just put on put just on the Sardew Valley. Valley soundtrack because my god concerned ape i think that's the name of the creator concerned ape. it is indeed it is just oh, beautiful absolutely gorgeous the game is gorgeous as well it's insane it's that so i'm pretty sure concerned ape just made the game all by himself and maybe had like just... some help some help here and there but like unreal. that's fucking in- unreal like that's an amazing game and, and now there's so a board good. game which we still yeah. need to get our hands on there's a board game of it well, there's uh-huh. a board game. Yes, that's cool. I know. I need so to get more into board we games. We need to get our hands on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I, yeah, yeah. Toby Fox and Concerned Ape, mm-hmm. unbelievable scores, amazing. <laughs> if you want to concentrate on something, Undertale soundtrack. If you want to <laughs> listen, vibe and chill, Stardew Valley soundtrack. Oh yeah, that's yeah. great. It, um, yes. Mm. Do we have more questions or, or I have, have we... one more question. Okay. I think we have time for um, one more question. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> You're welcome, Fresh from the son. <laughs> uh, the next question is your favorite fantasy moment or quote. Oh. Mine has to be from The Mummy. With Brendan Fraser, <laughs> Rachel oh, Weisz, Arnold Vosloo. It, it is my favourite. F- the reason why they are groaning is because it is my favourite film of all time. It's a great film. It's an amazing film. I, it is at a height of filmmaking. I love it. But it has to be. Hey, Benny! Looks around on the wrong side of the robot! I love it. It's so dumb. I love it. Not the one I was expecting. Which one? I was expecting um, how oh, what, a, girl, what a, a place like me doing, doing in a, a girl, girl like, like this. this. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> my father was a very famous explorer, and he loved Egypt so much that he married my mother, who was an Egyptian, and quite the adventurer herself. I know that film inside out, back to front, yes. mm-hmm. and every single word. Um, Pity anyone who has to watch it with me. <laughs> Carve his heart out. Carve his heart out with a spoon. With a it's got to be up there. Spoon. Spoon. It's a good contender. But I don't know. It's, 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 it's not sand. No, it's not sand. <laughs> it's like coarse, sand. rough, so, irritating. It gets, gets everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> I hate it so oh, God. much. Um, Awful. I don't think it. No, I know what it is. Oh gosh. <laughs> Hello there. You are the bold one. Oh man, that, it's that, gotta be that is a moment. It's gotta be hello there. You and McGregor's delivery in that you film. McGregor's delivery. <laughs> Wait, oh, can hell. I change my answer? <laughs> no, you can't. No, Please, like of course one. not. It's from the same film. <laughs> it's <laughs> still from the Mummy. <laughs> it's still from the Mummy. It's the bit where Benny's like, "Come with me." Um, and live forever, and then she's for all eternity, idiot. I realised that most of my personality is based off of Evelyn Carnahan. I mean, yeah, fair. It's a, it's a it's a good personality basis. It's a good blueprint for for a human being. I think she um, is. I love her so much. Rather weighty, this Alex. <laughs> Sound like Willini. Big up Will. <laughs> Big up Willini. 
oh, man, I'm 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 trying desperately <laughs> to think about what my favorite sort of like fantasy mm. moment would be. <sighs> it's hard. It, it's it's so hard. It's it's hard to pinpoint. I'm trying to think of something that like evoked the 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 right emotional response in me. And it it might be something from yeah, I think it's probably the 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 final episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars TV show. Mm-hmm. Again, is it another Star Wars thing? <laughs> but big shock, <laughs> big shock, big shock. This is slowly going to be turned into a sci-fi and fantasy podcast. I mean, it was going words. to anyway, wasn't it? It was going to anyway. Uh, Goblin Cave will we'll just you know, well, just Goblin sp- Space Goblin Space Space Goblins. Um, but it's, I think it's very specifically the bit, the bit in that final episode where, uh, spoilers for anybody who's not watched it yet, um, but it's the bit where Rex and Ahsoka are staring down at all of the clones that are about to go up and kill them. And it's just this moment where you see the soldier that is Rex, this, this strong, this always cool uh, level-headed uh, wild card of a captain suddenly just break down because he can't think of a way out. He can't think of an option, and he's just he's just shouting and he cries to Ahsoka because he just he has he's got nothing. He's he's completely powerless, and it's so impactful. And I think that's probably my favorite moment in any fantasy thing ever it's when the tough guys cry yeah when the soft guys are strong when the bad the guys f- soften the entire fellowship it, yeah well I yeah again the it's the entirety of lord of the rings it's it's whenever whenever there's a character moment that is heartfelt is emotional because i think i think for me it it always comes back to like this little part of me that was an emotional kid who um hid behind a lot of faces and a lot of masks um and it's just very nice to sort of watch watch these characters have their masks taken away and the 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 real un- the softness underneath to be shown i think any moment that's like that i'm really into i really like that that's my answer there you go like comment subscribe <laughs> How have we not mentioned Game of Thrones once in How? this podcast, actually? Because, you How know have we what? avoided mentioning Game the of Thrones? Ending the ending ruined it for us, that's why. <laughs> it makes that, it so that, forgettable. Yeah. That was Here's another thing. thing of, I, like, Harry Potter. My entire interest for for Game of Thrones ended after the last season of Game of Thrones. I was just like, well, that's a shame. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm. <laughs> Although, Sean Bean CB. isn't... Yeah, isn't the um, person who's died most on screen. I believe that title's held by Bella Lugosi, isn't it? I mean, probably. He played yeah. Dracula more times than I've taken breath. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bella Lugosi. He's... That's a whole other episode. But... Yes. As is Christopher Lee. Now that I'm thinking oh, about Christopher but... Lee. Oh, Christopher really Lee. Really quick. Christopher Lee moment of just let, let's appreciate that man for how phenomenal he is. Everybody, if you don't know enough about Christopher Lee, go on his Wikipedia page right just now. Google seconds. Christopher Lee. Just, just, just look him up because honestly, Christopher Lee has done so fucking much. He was in so the war. Much. 
he was Dracula. He, he ended up being in the. Band. He had a rock band, a metal rock band. He, he did was in a Star great Wars. Christmas, Christmas Lord of the Rings, album. obviously. Christmas album. Really um, good. If you get the chance on YouTube, there is a brilliant rendition of him um, uh, reciting the Raven for all you Edgar Allan Poe fans out there. His voice True. matches the poem extremely well. Have a listen to that. But yeah, honestly, and and um, if you haven't yet seen it, do watch him in the Wicker Man, the original one, not yep. Nick Cage. Oh, the original yeah. Wicker also Man. Watch, also watch the Nick do Cage version. Do not watch the Nick Cage version. <laughs> watch, the Nick Cage. watch anything with Nicolas Cage in it, no. because honestly, that, that He's man an Oscar-winning actor, Oscar. Lauren. To be fair, <laughs> Nicolas Cage in actor. Mandy is horrifying. He is Nicolas so Cage scary is in just it. horrifying. He's but great. like a good scary, like a, yeah. a well-acted scary. But yes, um... Christopher Lee. Yeah. And Christopher um Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, a nice I place to end it on, Christopher Lee. That's yeah. I think yeah. final final thoughts, Christopher Lee. Final thoughts, um, always Christopher Lee. First I thoughts think, of our first podcast. Christopher yeah. Lee. Christopher Lee. Uh in conclusion, Lee. Yes. Christopher. Christopher. Um and in preclusion, Christopher. Christopher. Excellent. Um so yes, that was our first episode of the Goblin Cave podcast. Yes, I whatever that uh, was. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for the absolute train wreck that you've just listened to, and if you have, I do not this... apologize because if you, <laughs> if you got this far, then you're insane like us. Yes, if you did get this far as well, I'm genuinely interested because we'll be posting this to YouTube, I think, as well. Like, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah, but for your comments. Answer our questions. What's your favourite fantasy book? What is yeah. the fantasy media that shaped your view? What's your favourite fantasy score? And what's your favourite fantasy quote? I yeah. genuinely yeah. would be super interested to... Give us some recommendations as well. Yes. That we can mm. explore. Yes, please. We would I, love I, I need, that. I need more things in my repertoire. Yes. And if you have any questions you want to ask us, also, you know... Hit us up on the Twitters. Yes, hit us up on the are... YouTubes and the TikToks. And give us podcast ideas these days. Yes, give <laughs> us podcast ideas. Give us questions. Give us thoughts, feelings, likes, comments, and subscribers. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Goblin Cave Pod. You can find us on Instagram at the uh, well Goblin Cave Pod once more, and then on TikTok, you can also find us at Goblin Cave Pod. It is the same across all social medias to try and make it easy for people like me who have the brain of a gnat. Yes. (laughs) Consistency is key. Consistency is key. key. Thank you again so much for listening to our first episode. It has been a lot of fun for us to record and I hope Mm -hmm. it was something that will make you smile. Let's hope so anyway. When, when, you know, life is as shitty as it is at the moment. So look after yourselves. Be kind, be good, and just give out as much love as you can today. Mm. And love yourselves, guys. Love yourselves. And each other. Yes. Love. is, And Christopher Lee. <laughs> and Christopher Lee. Love Christopher Lee. Love, love yes. Christopher Lee. Love as Christopher Lee would want you to love. Love.